Hey, it's Solomon and Adra. Adra and Solomon. Whichever way you want to say it. And before we get started with this episode, we just wanted to let you know that you're listening to an older episode and you may notice some differences. Firstly, we've changed the name of our podcast from Art Mythos to Afro Mythos to better reflect our focus on African mythology. Additionally, we've also changed our name from SAR to Adachi. That's right, but don't worry, it's still the same great podcast and you're on the right page. We're excited to continue sharing our love of African mythology with you. And we hope you enjoy this episode. So let's dive into the fascinating world of, of African, African mythology. Or well, as Burner Boy says, you don't come. Laugh, laugh. I don't want to break fast. Episode of Art Mythos. African mythology told through art. We're your hosts, Solomon and Adra. Adra and Solomon. Whichever way you want to say it. And we're a date sheet now. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. yeah. So it's been, it's been it's actually been a minute since we last did a podcast episode, episode nine. Um a lot has happened in that minute. We are now a date sheet, as Solomon said. Yes, we are. Yes. Can we you are. tell them what a date sheet means? So before we were SA Arts, which was you know Solomon and Adra SA. Art. But now, you know, we've been working together for a while and our connection's deeper. We understand each other a lot more and um, so now Adechi is an amalgamation of our last names. So Adebi, Adebi. Ade, and Wachi, Chi, yeah. Adechi. Um, and we just thought, it. one, it sounded a lot more, you know, it sounds African like a brand. And a brand, yeah. and it ties more into sort of what we're trying to do. Exactly. So. And it's not as. Generic, generic, should we yeah, say, yeah. as SAR. So, yeah, we're now at Um, You know, same people, different name. <laughs> yeah, same and, great work and more consistency and all of that good stuff. Yeah. And as we said, a lot has happened since our last video, our last podcast, if you're listening on Apple, Spotify. Um, yeah. Last time we recorded on TikTok, we had like 8,000 followers. Now we have... Oh, we have... 115,000 followers and rising. Insert so. cheer here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's been an amazing few months. Yeah, and months? damn. It's been like months. three months, yeah. yeah. And we just want to thank everybody that has literally joined us on this journey and followed us and supported us. Um, especially if you're listening to this podcast and you've come from TikTok. Thank you so much. Thank you for being patient as well because mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, it's been a minute. <laughs> You've been as asking said. for episodes and it's it's taken us a while. But it's here. But it's and here. We got it. And, and we're ready got for it. you. We're yeah. ready for you. And we've also sold, sold like literally so many of our original paintings. Yes, we have. Um, um, yeah, it's been amazing. And, you know, we're glad that we can share our art with the world and other people. And yeah, everyone's going to learn a lot exactly, more about the stories the and thing, the mythology. Because yeah. with our art, it comes all the stories and all the folk tales and all the deities. And it's like we're taking, we're giving a piece of those stories to each person that buys our art. And it's amazing. Amazing. So thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, and I remember in the first episode we were talking about how oh we'll tell the stories of you know these artworks and then when you guys buy it then you get to know the stories and you can tell it to others and now it's a reality. Yeah. You know? And yeah, we're just so proud of that and we're proud of the progress that we've made since the last video. Yes. So yes. Well, since our first video, especially. Since our first video, especially, because it's like nearly coming up to a year since our first ever video. Podcast. Yeah, podcast video. And nearly two years since we started this whole art journey. So it's been amazing. We love it. Yes. Um, We're also currently working on a new brand deal with... Pinterest. Pinterest. It's our first brand deal, it's, so we're yeah, so happy. Yeah, it's our first ever paid sponsorship. So I mean, it's exciting. We love Pinterest. We use it literally daily, yeah. as you will see if you go onto our Pinterest at Adechi underscore. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you can see our mood boards. You can see our inspiration. You can you can even have a little sneak peek at some things we want to do in the future, like yeah. tote bags, stickers, books. So you know all that good stuff. Yeah. you get to see if you follow us on Pinterest as well. So <laughs> after that spiel, <laughs> without further ado, <laughs> let's talk about this episode. Yes. Um, so this week or this month, this episode, <laughs> um, we'll be focusing on Egyptian mythology, as promised. As promised. As promised. Because it's the, you know, pantheon which our homegirl, Nephsis, belongs to. Yeah. Yeah, Nephsis has been sold. Um, so thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, if you follow our TikTok, you would have seen our Have You Heard little snippet story about Nephsis. But here we're just going to go into a lot more detail um, about Nephsis, but not only Nephsis, about the Egyptian pantheon, yeah. which Solomon's going to tell us. So. Yes, yes, yes. Um, you know, the Egyptian pantheon is, you know, it's so important because I think Egyptian mythology is probably one of the first, um, like, complex mythology systems that yeah. most people have heard of, and especially most people have heard of in Africa. Yes, um, that, is, that is a good point because African mythology as a whole is not very mainstream but we can say Egyptian mythology is extremely mainstream if anything so So, yeah um, that's normally people's starting point into um, African mythology but I guess we're saying don't just stop here there's so much um, more complex systems um, of beliefs and pantheons and stories and folk tales in Africa but we're going to start here here. and (laughs) yeah we're going to let you know a bit more so Egyptian mythology. Let's go. Let's get started. <laughs> okay, so like all great stories, this one starts with In the beginning, there was nothing but primal ocean. We call this state none, meaning none being. Okay, so the creator god, Ra or a tomb, which means the all, emerged from the chaos of none. He willed himself into being. Do you know what? Like, like he came out of nothing and he decided, oh, I want to be... Today uh, I'm going to be something and here I am. (laughs) Honestly, he just willed himself into being out of nothing. Love that. And from his own body, he created the other gods. And I'll tell you how. I'll tell you how. Mm -hmm. So, the way he did it was... He sneezed. Yeah. So basically... I'm so, sorry. It must have been so powerful that you can sneeze Sneezed gods. out other gods. So from his nostrils, he sneezed out Shu, the air, the god of air, mm. the life spirit. And from his mouth, he spat out Tefnut, the world order, the goddess of moisture. New. I've never heard of a goddess. There's so many ocean, river, sea mm-hmm. goddesses, but I've never heard of moisture. Yeah. So in the beginning, we have air mm-hmm. and moisture. They also have other domains that they rule over, but there's the one that I'm that, using yeah, yeah. Um, for this. Okay. So when he sneezed and spat them out, mm-hmm. he projected them out so far across this chaos ocean that he had to send his right eye to go after them and find them. So his right eye is named Hathor, which mm-hmm. is the sun, mm-hmm. a devouring flame that was loyal and devoted to him. Mm-hmm. So when she came back um, with Shu and Tefnut, she was angry because a tomb had regrown another eye. Right. So, so when the right eye came back, she was angry because a tomb grew another right eye. Yeah. yeah okay. So someone else has taken her, her place. place. Yeah. And so she was so upset that she wept, and out of her bitter tears came the first human beings. Whoa! I was not expecting yeah, that. Honestly, like think about it. Out of her bitter tears came the first human beings. Wow. So remember, Hathor is the sun yeah so they're saying out of the tears of the sun came human oh see this is why I love saying these stories because I can just imagine painting do you know mm-hmm. what I mean yeah honestly oh, it's beautiful. and it's always so like poetic it's so poetic oh I love it so much actually alright anyway Shu and Tefnot so remember these names that I'm saying yeah so Shu and Tefnot procreated yeah. and created Geb, Geb the yeah. land god yeah and Newt the sky goddess 
So we've heard of newts before. Yeah, heard um, of geb before. Yeah, so land and sky. Yeah. So it's normally the other way around. Normally it's Mother Earth, like yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, Uranus or whoever is the sky um, god, but this way it's the other way around. Interesting. So newts, newts laid on geb. Yeah. And created stars. And the stars were infinite in the sky. So the earth god and the sky goddess, sky goddess created stars. Yeah, so they procreated yeah. and they created numerous infinite stars, in fact. Nice. And now it's important that I say that it's infinite because it means that there were so, so many, many in the sky. Yeah. Which was actually an issue because this angered Shu, the air god. <laughs> Because this was the first air god, the one that came before mm-hmm. Newt's, the sky goddess. So he was angry because now there's so many stars in his domain. Mm-hmm. And and so Shu cursed Newt to never give birth again in any month of the year. Wow. So the phrasing of this is important, yeah. any month of the year. Because later on... Um, Totes, that's it. Totes, the god of knowledge and learning, he gambled with the moon god to win Newt's five extra days where she could get busy and procreate. So, so five extra days outside of the months of the Yeah, so these yeah. days were added to the 12-month lunar month of 30 days each. So that's why we have one more day here and there. I'm not sure how it actually uh, works out. Okay, so you're saying, right, before... There was 30 days each month, 30 yeah. days for each 12 months. Mm-hmm. And then he told Newt that she could never give birth outside of these months. Yes. So then she got given five extra days yes. outside of them. Yes. And this is why now we have like 30 Some days, days half September, fair. April, June, and November, yeah. November, so 31. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's why. Interesting, right? It's so, so cool. Yeah. So, um, so on these days, yeah. she gave birth to Osiris. Mm-hmm. Set, mm-hmm. Isis, Nephsis, yeah. and also Horus. So, in here it says that she gave birth to Horus. In other stories, it says that Horus was born from Osiris and Isis. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the sake of th- this story and in this source, we're going to say this is Elder Horus, and the one that comes from Osiris and Isis is called, I don't know. Younger? Younger Horus. Okay, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll say that for now. Yeah, yeah, We'll yeah. say that for now. Anyway, to prevent further children being born, Shu gave Newt some birth control. Okay. Not, not actually, not actually, because obviously at that time... There was yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> but this is worse. So in order to leave a tomb space to create and populate the world, so because these stars and all of this, there's like no space left. Yeah. Um, and so Shu was getting angry because now the great creator God couldn't create more things. Yeah. So in order to create space for a tomb to populate the world, Shu decided to divorce the couple. <clears throat> right. So talk about terrible in-law, like. Yeah. Um, so he re- he wrenched the sky so Newt he wrenched her high in his hands and pinned down Geb his son to the earth with his feet so there's some like really powerful imagery okay here. so I'm trying to imagine the imagery so who so who did this so Shu Shu wrenched the sky so he wrenched the sky goddess Newt yeah, yeah up high yeah and then pinned the earth down to the earth right down okay. to separate to separate them, them. Okay. yeah so this imagery is reminiscent of you know the story of Atlas having to hold, hold up the sky the yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Like that sort of power and you know yeah. holding up the sky from the earth sort of yeah. thing and apparently yeah. that could be where the inspiration sort of came from um yep that's true yeah so um these seven gods um can you remember their names by any chance Nephsis yeah Osiris yes Isis yes uh no that was good then yeah you got three I got three out of seven three out of seven yeah so then there's also Shu yeah that's it yeah Tef Newt yeah you said Newt already didn't you no Newt Newt. and Geb ah so 
and Horus as well. Yeah. They forgot a few, but that's fine. Now we some. know. Yeah. Now we know. Okay, so they are known as the Ennead, which are the yes. nine greatest gods yes. under a tomb. Yeah. And like a tomb, they contain both order and chaos. And you find that balance is really important in Egyptian mythology. Osiris, for example, was the first king on earth and he became the ruler of the underworld. Set lived in the desert and tried to overthrow his brother, you know, like a home Mufasa, Scar yeah. type of deal. Yeah. Yeah, so so think so he lived in the desert desert, like desert land yeah. and his brother was, you know, the king of everything. So it's actually it's, very, it's actually like I actually think if you look deep into the story, I think that is, yeah, that is Lion, Lion King. king. Lion King. Yeah, because Scar was living with them hyenas fam. Yeah, he really was in there. Yeah, it was not easy anyway set embodies darkness and chaos mm-hmm. and so they were both married to their sisters who are twins by the way you know Osiris was married to Isis yep. Set was married to Nephesis. Nephesis and you're probably going to say more about Nephesis later on so I won't delve too much into mm-hmm. that anyway Horus you know who depended on the source is either the last child of Geb or the first offspring of Osiris and Isis although this only happened you know after Set killed um, Osiris and he's been put into the underworld and comes back to life. I feel like I missed a lot of context here. It's okay. But it's something that we'll get into another day or you should read more into. But just but for if the you'd like this, us to cover it more, we can definitely do a mini sode on it. Yes, we can. Um, yeah, so just for the setting up of the main gods, I've just sort of glanced over yeah. the later parts of the story. Um, but yeah, um, Horus is, you know, the new sun god, becomes the new sun god, and he's depicted like as a falcon or like half falcon. Um, so I feel like there's a good starting point. Um, the lore of Egyptian mythology is complex and extensive, and we could make this entire podcast about it and still not scratch the surface of it. But my hope is that with this understanding of the creation of the first gods, you know, it could sort of like whet your appetite to sort of find <laughs> out a bit more about them. And that is where I'm going to end it. Lovely. That was amazing. Yeah, thank you. Good thank you. The creations of the first gods. I just, I actually really just love like creation stories and like how pantheons start and everything because they're all kind of very similar in ways yeah. as we've like pointed out, but... They're also very, like, they have their own unique things about it. So it's always interesting to, like, hear a new one. Um, yeah, definitely. And I feel like they've had, like, ages and eons to sort of fine-tune it and make it so yeah. poetic and beautiful. Yeah, and the poetry and the wording is just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Anyway, right. yeah. <laughs> so Aj is now going to tell us a bit more about Nephsis. Yeah, the inspiration for our painting titled Nephsis. <laughs> So I am going to be telling you a bit more about Nessus. So you've covered like the whole pantheon and like the creation. So I'll be telling you about one of the um, goddesses of the Iliad, one of the members mm. of the Iliad. So that's Nephesis. Let us know. So Nephesis was actually one of the original five gods of ancient Egypt. So as you said, she was born of the union of Geb and Nuit, mm-hmm. Um And she was actually the fourth born after Osiris, Isis and Set. So yeah, she's mm. the older sister of Horus. Um, so she's last born of of the four yeah and then plus Horus yeah (laughs) so she's actually one of the earliest goddesses of Egypt as you know because she was a member of the Ennead so they're like from the creation story that you just said yeah Um, and she's considered very important in the predestinic period so do you know what the predestinic period is before the Egyptian dynasty yeah (laughs) well ish so (laughs) so from the time from the predestinic period to the Ptolemaic dynasty she was very very important and this was actually the last dynasty to rule before Egypt became a province of Rome so that's why all of these um, gods and goddesses from the Ennead are very very important because they were kind of like the main ones that were like about until Egypt became overthrown by Rome yeah so yeah Um, so Nessus is actually the Latin version of her Egyptian name so in Egypt in ancient Egypt her name was actually Nebt 
also you can also say net heads. Oh no. Okay. Yeah, but um, I guess they kind of changed it to a more Latin version when Rome came to Egypt. Yeah, so that's why we have yes, yeah, so that's why we have Nephsis. Mm. But it's kind of the same genre of names; it's not yeah. too drastic. Um, so her name actually translates as Lady of the Temple Closure or Mistress of the House. Okay. Yeah, so it's actually very interesting. Like when I always hear that names translate into like longer phrases or something, mm-hmm. I'm like, ooh. It's quite cool yeah, nowadays true. like your name just means something like flower or like do you know what I mean or like I mean my Nigerian names always like Nigerian names normally mean, normally like, mean a long sentence. thing yeah, yeah it's, it's quite cool um, so as you will see of, um, with our painting on Nephesis, um she's usually pictured with a hieroglyph or like a house or as a crown so yeah. that's how we depicted her um, so we gave her like a nice crown and she's usually depicted with this because she is known as the mistress of the house yeah um, so it's definitely not a meritorious um, crown okay that's a new word vocab basically we're doing vocab <laughs> <laughs> basically we have this thing where uh, mini segue where we're doing um, we have to say a new word every day yeah and my word was meritorious oh right okay fairs fairs yeah. fairs <laughs> So it means like tastelessly showy. So it's like surface level attractive, but not actually attractive. Oh, so you're I said, good. You're good. So I said it's not that. It's the opposite mm, of that. Mm, mm, okay. Yeah. So one point for Aj. <laughs> but yeah, so the house pictured on her crown is not meant to like depict an earthly home or temple, but it's more linked to like heavenly home and heavens because she's more related to the air and to the ether. So it's not meant to be like a physical temple. It's more like a heavenly temple. So we refer to her as mistress of the house. It's not like, this is my house. She's the mistress of this house. It's more like she's like the queen of like the heavens. Do you know what I mean? It's it's more in depth than just- Yeah, it's more ethereal. Yes, yeah. (laughs) And that was my word. (laughs) (laughs) Was it actually? (laughs) I went straight into that one. Yeah, you did. I actually handed that one to you on a plate. Wow. So Nephesus is usually associated with death and decay. Um, so this is because from an early period, she's she was regularly invoked for funeral services. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So professional mourners in Egyptian funerals, um, known as hawks of Nephesus, um, used to like just invoke her um, as part of the ritual for burials and funeral services. Um, and this was actually because um, her images were found in the tomb of Tutankhamun. So if you know Egyptian uh, mythology, you know Tutankhamun is literally like one of the most famous... Poster child of... Yeah, he's literally the poster child of Egyptian mythology, King Tut. So um, her images were found all across his, um, his tomb. And this is because um, it said that she actually took part in his um, burial ritual. So you know Egyptians, especially in ancient Egypt, they had a very specific burial ritual. Um, I remember learning about this in school, actually. Um, I don't know if you remember. School they used to say, they yep. Mm-hmm. They hook the hook up your nose and they pull your brain out. And mm-hmm. they, in case Embalm you, your yeah. Do you know why they did that? To preserve the body for the afterlife. Um, they left some things on you that they thought that you would need to transcend to the afterlife um, mm-hmm. with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's exactly right. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, Ness's symbols are the hawk and the temple and also a sycamore tree. Um, she's known also as the mother of the death god Anubis. Yeah. So he's another popular Egyptian um, god. And um, yeah, so prayers are often offered to her um, at twilight for protection. So if you really want Nephesis protection, it's best to do it at twilight. Now, I don't actually know what twilight, is twilight a time or is it just like? It's like golden hour. And I, I, it's either the one in the morning or the one in the evening. It's yeah, one of the I'm guessing evening because she's more to do with night and. Oh, but twilight. It sounds like light. Guys, <laughs> let's yeah. Hmm. yeah, I feel like it's when it's like at the break of break dawn. of dawn. That like just just as night is breaking into day. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, I think. <laughs> Yeah, and that light is... Because the movie franchise has ruined it for me. All I know is the movie. <laughs> but I'm guessing you know that's what? what it is because you know how the, they couldn't be in the light? I, I haven't they watched have... Twilight. I, I, will not, 
I will not indulge in this <laughs> conversation. Okay. But what I have watched is, you know, in your name. Yes. I think they had to wait till morning at that golden hour where they could, see, um, in between the spirit world and the um, human world, where Before, yeah, yeah, something like that. But yeah, it's yeah. an important time. It's an important time. Tell me which. Tell us whichever one it is. Have <laughs> it's a night or in the morning. <laughs> So um, it's, it is known that Nephesis was originally conceived as the female counterpart of Set. Yeah. Um, so he represented the desert while she represented the air. So it's another kind of like opposites ish mm-hmm, kind mm-hmm. of thing, like with your Geb and Nuit. Yes. Um, so Set was actually infertile. So as I said, he represented the desert, and the desert is mostly like barren oh, land. That so, makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Um, and he was actually frequently described as either bisexual or gay yeah I've heard some stories he did some things to Horus yeah so very interesting and obviously he was with Nephesis so Mm -hmm. it's often considered that Nephesis was barren because they didn't have any children so Mm -hmm. and Set was infertile and I'm guessing there's something to do with him maybe being bisexual or gay so they probably didn't consummate anything have children yeah yeah there's different ways to kind of interpret that um, so as the goddess of the air she would rightly take form of a bird so that's why also in our painting of Nessus we give her lovely wings <laughs> um, and because she was barren she was actually associated with a particular bird which bird do you think? Baron Vulture How did you know? Vulture Did you see my notes? Nope How did you know? Nope Nope It doesn't make sense I didn't know vultures were barren Yeah Wow So it's believed in ancient Egypt That um, vultures couldn't bear children Mm. So rightly so Nephesis Who was also believed couldn't bear children was associated with this bird um, and the Egyptians also used to think that all vultures were female um. and that you couldn't get any male vultures and I guess this makes sense because when you look at vultures there's very little difference between male and female like I have a picture here okay but can you tell which one's male and which one's female that's the female no <laughs> <laughs> You see, sometimes you just have to say confidently because there was no right answer. I could have said the other one, you should say no. They look exactly the same. And even now, you have to take a DNA test to know like, which vulture is male and which vulture is female. Uh-huh. Like, you just can't tell. So that's Wait, why. So you don't know. Hmm? So you don't know which one. I Googled it, so I know. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, but if I was to see two vultures here and you told me one's male, one's female. True, 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 true. I hear that. I wouldn't know. So later myths also claimed that Nephesis was the mother of Anubis. Yeah. So now we both know this story and it's a very mm-hmm. interesting story. It's so juicy. It's juicy. Feel free juicy. to interject if you need to at any time, but it's okay. a very juicy story. <laughs> so according to one myth, Nephesis disguised herself as her sister Isis. So mm-hmm. as you said earlier, Nephesis and Isis are sisters and it is commonly known that they're very, very similar in yeah. looks. Like if you can imagine two sisters that look the same, but they aren't twins, that's basically them. Okay, so for further information here, Isis was married to Osiris and Set was married to Nessus. Yes, so as Solomon said, Nessus disguised herself as Isis to get the attention of her neglectful husband Set. But instead she seduced Osiris, mm. who is Isis's husband. Hopefully you can catch along. If you need to draw a little family tree as you're going. <laughs> now, when they say, um, wait, what word did you use to describe Set? Neglectful. Neglectful. He wasn't neglectful, he was just a bit. Apparently. Yeah, so for those that are listening... So maybe he just didn't want it. uh, Yeah, as I said earlier, it is claimed that Set might have been bisexual, gay, so that's probably why they've said he's neglectful. But he probably just didn't want it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But... A less common myth actually says that Nephesis tricked her husband into a brief dalliance in order to con- conceive Anubis. So one myth that I came across said that Set allowed Nephesis to consummate with Osiris. Ah, little so, yeah. swingers thing. Yeah, so a dalliance is basically when two people have like a brief romantic relationship, so like a very casual, not serious relationship, but like you're all already in another relationship. So that's Sounds like what... a break. <laughs> Like when they say, oh, we want a break. Yeah, it's basically like a free pass sort of ah, thing. Ah, yeah. Ah, oh, yeah. Ah, so I see. Yeah. 
So yeah, as we said, Isis and Nessus were sisters and they were very close, but they were also considered to be opposites. So Nessus was considered to be the dark and negative sides of Isis, just like Set was considered to be the dark side of his brother Osiris. Yeah. Yeah. At this point in time, Nephesus and Set had no children, so she decided to seduce Osiris by trickery. So she looked exactly like her sister Isis, and she went over to Osiris and was like, let's get it on. I'm your wife. There's no way I'm a sister-in-law. There's no way I'm Nephesus right now. I'm definitely Isis. Let's do this thing. Hmm. <laughs> what? Hmm. Your face? Yeah, if someone came and said, oh, I'm <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Well, it worked because Nessus then conceived her son, the jackal-headed god Anubis. So a jackal is this kind of like, I want to say like, it's a feline, it's in a feline family. I thought it was so. more dog-like. Ooh. Okay, then it's a dog. It's either canine or feline. What yeah, else? one of them. It kind of looks like... No, it's like it a wolf. Yeah, it looks like a wolf. wolf. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. So yeah, um, Anubis, the jackal-headed god. Um, Seth was so angry that when he found out that he actually murdered and dismembered Osiris. Damn. Yeah. But it wasn't his fault. But it wasn't his fault. Yeah, what? He innocent. He was tricked, but he, he got innocent. he got killed anyway. Like, Damn. wow. So obviously, Nessus and her sister both grieved, and over this grief of the death and dismemberment of Osiris, they managed to rectify their bond. They were like, oh, it's okay. Let me just forget the fact that you tricked my husband into having a child with you. And got but, him killed. And got him killed. But because you're sad, we're good. Yeah, and this is actually a very popular image that has um, been shown, and it's known as the Weeping Sisters. So Nephesus and um, Isis weeping over the death of Osiris. Yes. Um, I heard that yeah. that's why that they became um, the gods or goddesses. Of, of over um, death, um, yeah. Right. It, it all makes sense. It's all come back full circle, isn't mm-hmm. it? So... Nessus actually helped her sister Isis into finding and gathering all of Osiris's scattered body parts and together they prepped the funeral bed for him and made the funeral cloth so as you said this is why they're very well known for being part of um, funeral rites and rituals and also why they were seen in Tutankhamun's um, tomb because he wanted the best he wanted the best nothing best. less but the best <laughs> Yeah, that's it. That's a little <laughs> rundown about Nephesis and a really cool story about how she tricked her sister's husband into having a baby with her. Yeah. Which yeah. resulted in his death. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> but, you know, family bond and everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All wells that ends well. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think that story leads on to um, another story to do with... And how he killed um, Osiris and yep. he got resurrected in the underworld. Yep. So, just a little speed run for it. Basically, uh, after Set kills Osiris, um, Isis finds his body yeah. and then cries. Yeah. And then she goes away to come back later with more people. And then Set comes back before, cuts him up into many parts and scatters him around. Yeah. Um, which is peak. Um, and Isis and Nephesis, with the help of Anubis, find the parts yep. and resurrect him. Yeah. And yeah, when he was resurrected, that's when he then gets busy with his wife, Osiris, and that's when they give birth to Horus, younger yep. Horus now, um, who then fights um, Set and is triumphant through some really weird challenges that involves semen being put into people's food and stuff like that. I mean... It's all very wild. As you can hear, there's literally (laughs) so much to the story. As you said earlier, we could go on for literally episodes and episodes and episodes. There's literally never ending. Obviously it ends, but it's it's so much, like, and it's so interesting. Yeah, so interesting. Yeah. So yeah, let's say that was a trailer. It might spoil a bit of it, but it was but a trailer. If you want to hear more, we can we'll be more than happy to do a mini episode on that specific story and also the creation of the story. Yes, wonderful. Okay. So as you know, we normally say some folk tales as well. Um and 
Yeah, so we're going to take it in turns and tell in our favourite folk tales of this episode or this yeah, week or this so month. Yeah, so Solomon's going to go first. We usually have a theme, but... It's I a free-for-all right free now, fall. so... Yeah. Um, I'm going to go first. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Okay. <clears throat> okay, so my story is called Feeling the Hungry and is from the Swahili-speaking people of East Africa. Ooh. Okay. And so it begins. Once upon a time, there was a man who took an axe and went to the forest to look for honey. He found a bee's nest in a tree, and so he climbed up and began to cut like a hole to try to get some honey in the tree. Mm-hmm. So, whilst he was in the tree, a second man came up. He was a hunter, you see, and he he had been looking for meat all day. Yeah. But he had found none so when the hunter saw that this man is in a tree he asked him what are you cutting and the man replied I'm looking for honey if you want any sit down there and wait for it okay so the hunter sat down and then a buffalo came up and seeing the man in the tree said what are you doing and he replied I'm looking for honey if you want any sit down beside the hunter Um, so the buffalo sat down beside the hunter yeah and then the lion came up and he too asked what are you doing in this tree and the man told him sit down on this side and wait I'll get you some honey in it and then an eland which is like an antelope came and asked the man what are you doing in the tree and he answered I'm looking for honey these people need to mind their business I'm looking for honey and if you want any sit down over there next to the lion so the eland or the antelope sat next to the lion and then a leopard came oh my god yeah do you know what this is actually making me kind of sad because earlier we found out that a lot of these animals you've mentioned are endangered well and I was living under a rock because I did not know that yeah, no, definitely, definitely sad. But yes, then came a leopard yeah. along and he asked the man, you know, what are you doing? And so the man said, I'm looking for honey. Can you sit over there by that side over there? Oh. And so he sat down yeah. and then a bush buck, which is, I don't know, one of those little animals, yeah. came over and asked um, the man, what are you doing? And he said, sit by the leopard over there um, and wait for honey. Well, so there's a whole lot of people just sitting. How good is this honey that they're all waiting? Like, what the hell? Honestly. And then uh, Gennett came up and asked the man, what are you doing? So Gennett is like a ferret or like a lemur type animal. Um, so he asked um, the man, what are you doing? And the man replied, I'm looking for honey. If you want any, sit over there by yourself. At this point, the man needs to have a sign saying, I'm looking for honey. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he said, sit over there by yourself and wait for me to get this honey. So the gannet sat down by himself and then a guinea fowl, which was like a chicken, came along and asked the man, what are you doing? And the man said, I'm looking for honey. If you want any, sit by the gannet over there and wait for it. And so then the man went cutting the tree and when he made the last hole, he looked inside and he found that there was no honey. And then all those sitting around asked him, so when are you going to give us our honey? And the man said, okay, so there's no honey in this nest, but there's no need for you to go hungry. If you're fools, it's your own fault. Then the hunter turned and killed the buffalo. And the lion seized the eland, the antelope. The leopard caught the bushbuck and again it killed the guinea fowl. And so they were all very glad and said to the man, you've done very wisely today. That is all. I see what he did there. Don't even know how to respond to that. I don't even know what the lesson in that is. I think there's. I just feel like what? There's a few lessons that I could. I oh can, my I can god! See. Go on. So obviously, at first he was um, setting up everyone next to each other. Like, yeah, praying. Pray yeah. And one, why aren't you more aware of your surroundings yeah. to know that you're like if you're sitting next, next to, to a lion? Yeah. 
to wait for honey does that make sense yeah so so when he says if you're fools it's your own fault yeah so they weren't aware of the presence and he was saving himself because by he gave the predators this, yeah, all their all the things so yeah. he has no issue so yeah. he was wise and the fools were fools for what they did so you know at the end of the day you need to think about your surroundings you know don't wait for someone else to give you food clearly um yeah and don't die <laughs> I don't know but yeah that is the story don't I, get dead yeah. that's our friend says <laughs> friend that yeah so I found it a, you know, a really interesting story although it's like it's short yeah um, it's very repetitive but you know I think it's like you know those like bedtime stories that they're repetitive yeah I can like imagine rhythmic, it as a book yeah um but it has this lesson in the end. Although you might have to search for it yourself in terms of what mm-hmm. the message is, take from it what you wish. Um, but I think it's, you know, don't be a fool um, and be careful of your surroundings. And yeah. don't try and wait for someone else to give you food, you know? Yeah. Don't be lazy. Yeah. Uh, definitely. So that is my folk tale. Thank you. That was amazing. Thank you very much. is called The Jackal and the Wolf and this is a story from South Africa I mainly chose this story because the main character is the jackal so I kind of wanted to keep in a sly you know Egyptian mythology yeah I I, I could tell that that's why you would have picked it yeah you you highlighted the jackal part in the Anubis story yeah so and actually it's a little important fact jackals are actually really prevalent in Egyptian mythology because they represent death yeah and obviously Anubis is the patron deity of jackals with this jackal why do they represent death do you know Um, well that is actually a really good point is it because they're you know know. how they eat carcasses or I don't know or something like that you know there's many reasons why it could be Okay, and we're about to find out. Yeah. Because I'm actually interested. So you found out? (laughs) So jackals are associated with death because they lurked around cemeteries and would eat decomposing flesh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So the Egyptians made Anubis the patron deity of jackals in hopes to protect dead bodies from being devoured. This makes sense. Yeah. Okay. And now we know. And now we know. The more you know. So, on to the folk tale. Mm. The tale of the jackal and the wolf from South Africa. So, once on a time, a jackal who lived in the borders of a colony saw a wagon returning from the seaside laden with fish. So he tried to get into the wagon from behind, but he couldn't. So he ran before the wagon and lay on the road as if he was dead. Okay. So, so like, he could see the wagon. He could see all the food and the fish. He was like, hmm, that looks good. But I can't jump on it from behind, so what am I going to do? So mm-hmm. he quickly ran in front of it and pretended he was dead. Like, like yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. So when the wagon came up to him, the driver came out and he was like, oh my God, there's a dead jackal on the floor. But he was like, oh, this would make a fine caress for my wife. Mm-hmm. So a caress is like a rug or a blanket of sewn animal skins. Okay. So obviously he saw the jackal's like nice, like fur. Nice he was like, oh, this is basically free... Oh, free, rug. <laughs> free clothes. Free clothes. Free clothes. <laughs> so he threw the wagon. He threw the jackal into the wagon, and as the wagon travelled on, and um, the jackal would be throwing out the fish onto the road. As it was getting later <laughs> in the night, yeah, and this jackal is in this wagon. He'll, He'll be, be throwing, throwing the fish, fish out. So like, that so, he can get it later. So picture a trail of fish. Yeah. Following the wagon, yeah. basically. Okay. Yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> so um, he did this obviously because he wanted to jump back out at some point and collect all the fish mm-hmm. and like eat it and like that's that's his that's his meal done. Mm-hmm. Um, so as he was doing this, he didn't know, but a, this the story refers to it as a stupid old wolf. But in brackets, they put hyena. Mm-hmm. So you know, imagine the hyenas from Lion King. You know, there's like. <laughs> Was so he didn't know. Little did he know the hyena was there eating all the fish as it was going along. Fairs. Yeah. So he obviously ate more than his fair share. So when the jackal came out of the balcony and saw there was no fish, and saw that the hyena was there with his full belly, he was like, 
you owe me. He was like, you owe me fish. Like, why did you do this? This was my trick. I planned this all out and you've just eaten it. So you mm. owe me. Do you think the hyena owes him? I mean, no, because anything could have happened to the fish along the way if he didn't secure it. And yeah. Sue, you should have just eaten some of the fish in the wagon. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> so the jackal was like to the hyena, the hyena, well, you need to pay me back with all these fish. Mm. And obviously you still want to eat. So I have the perfect idea. You do exactly what I did, and then we can both be happy. You know what I mean? Because it worked for me, it'll work for you. So the hyena was like, okay, this sounds great. Let me let me do what you did. We'll both get fish, we'll both be happy. So the next day, another wagon came out from the sea. Um, there was loads of fish on the wagon. The wolf did exactly as the, well, the hyena did exactly as the jackal did before. Mm-hmm. He threw himself out onto the road and waited for the wagon to come across him. <laughs> But what do you think happened? <laughs> the wagon just kept going. <laughs> so Trust it. <laughs> So when the wagon stopped, the driver came out and said, What ugly thing is this? Because <laughs> obviously you've seen hyenas. Ah, uh, oh yeah, yeah, okay. So he was like, What what ugly thing is this? And he kicked the wolf. He kicked the hyena. Wow. He was like, ew, this is so ugly. And as um the jackal told the hyena to play dead the hyena was playing dead and he was still being kicked with an inch of his life according to the instructions of the jackal he wasn't moving he was like oh, I'm going to get this fish if I just stay still um, but obviously he was being beaten up for being dead my thing is why is the driver already kicking something that he thinks is dead is he just trying to kick it out of the road or it just he... says he was beating him with an inch of his life and it's like Damn. he had no life clearly wow. Damn. <laughs> like what's going on so yeah the driver left the hyena on the side of the road and drove on and the hyena beaten up and you know bruised hobbled off to tell his friend Jackal what happened to him friend friend <laughs> and this the story just ends by the hyena saying what a pity I've not got such handsome skin as you have and I just don't know what to take from that oh so he wasn't even angry that he was literally <laughs> tricked hmm. by the jackal Oh. But I think he wasn't That's aware of his own to yeah the yeah. Fears to it. He wasn't aware of his own appearance. Yeah, I think one lesson I could get from it is what works for someone might not work for someone else. Yeah. Um two, at first I was like, why is the hyena or wolf being called stupid? Because I think it's pretty smart to be eating um the fish as it came out of the yeah. like that's not stupidity. But I guess the stupid but, part was Yeah. Um you know, being beaten half, yeah. half to death and just and thinking just it will still thinking work. Thinking it will still work, yeah. But there's a there's a trope for hyenas being known as being stupid and like mm. ugly and. Well, I guess it's because it's like the way their tongues out and oh, lagging out, yeah, the whole, <laughs> and the whole and the sounds that they make, it, yeah, you know, it, it sounds it mimics, like a fool. Yeah, yeah, um, it mimics that. So it makes sense why they would make yeah them the fool in the stories. But yeah, it's but an interesting yeah. story. Interesting story yeah. indeed. I feel like it stopped very abruptly. Like that's there should exactly. Have been like a last yeah, part no. Honestly, I was reading it like thinking, wait, did I did I miss? How would you end it? How would I end it? Oh, that's actually a really good mm-hmm. question. How would you end it? How would I end it? I think I would end it on the jackal saying, "Well, that's what you get for stealing my fish." That seems like a typical mm, like way mm, of ending mm. it, like you know, kind of trickster story, like a a Nazi sort of vibe. Yeah. Like, that's what you get for stealing my fish. Next time, mm. you think before you take another man's food. That's good. The way I would have ended it, yeah, yeah. is as the man was kicking the hyena and, and like busy kicking yeah. him, the jackal should have been in eating, the back of the van, yeah, eating, taking all the fish, eating food. yeah. And that was a trick that you set up. See that 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 is a, that is a good double crossing story. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Got him. <laughs> I got him. <laughs> yeah, you'll be seeing our book coming soon. <laughs> but yeah, so that's yeah, that's no, that's a great tales. story. Yeah, great story. we hope you enjoyed them. Um, yeah, hope you learned something from it. Um, yeah, don't be a fool. I think they both had something to do with being a fool. Yeah, they both were actually quite similar-ish. Yeah. Like, don't listen. Like, use your brain. Basically. Yeah, 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 definitely. And they both had to do with food, actually, which is yeah. quite cool. <laughs> yeah. Where's yours from? South Africa. South Africa, okay. Where's yours from? East Africa. Ah. 
Yeah, still like, interesting depictions of different ways to like kind of handle say if you're hungry look for your own food type mm, of vibe do you yeah, know what I mean yeah that's true, that's true. <laughs> don't rely on other people to service you yeah, basically it's the true. overarching theme of both of them which was an accident but mm-hmm. you know we got there but, which yeah. is cool yeah we, we like a good theme yeah. we like a good lesson like, we like a good lesson yeah we do and uh, now I'm going to tell you the African problem of the week yes Yes, you will. I've missed these. <laughs> How would I live my life without knowing a proverb of the week? African Let proverb of the week. Okay, so today's African proverb of the week. I'm going to tell you and then you tell me what you think it means. I'm listening. Okay. So it is, tomorrow belongs to the people who prepare for it today. Okay. Say it one more time. Tomorrow belongs to the people who prepare for it today. Yes, yes. So what I think it means, or do you want to go first? Oh, are you asking me what I think it means? Yeah. I guess it's that old saying of, you know, um, those who fail to plan, plan to fail. Yeah. um, Sort of thing. Um, By... Preparing for your future, you're thinking in advance, um, and it means that you would reap, you know, the rewards of yeah. that delayed gratification. Exactly. Um, well, as Burner Boy says, you don't come. Laugh, laugh. I don't want break fast. Yeah, it just means that you won't, you won't carry last if you plan. You know, like if you if you plan for tomorrow, you'll always be prepared for today. Yeah, I guess it's really important for like, especially um, people who think about stuff like harvest and, you know, crops and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. It's stuff that you have to plan in advance for. Yeah, so to be prepared. Yeah, so you're yeah. not caught lacking um, yeah. in this time. And I actually came across it because I've been recently trying, like I, I've been recently doing, um, I have an online like planner, like mm. digital journal planner that I use. And I found this African proverb and I was like, oh my God, this makes so much sense. So I have it like a little quote in all my pages. So this has been episode 10. Yes, of Art Mythos. African mythology told through art. And we have been your hosts, Solomon and Adra. Adra and Solomon. Any way you want to say it. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it's been great. It's, it's good to be back. You know, it's been a few months and it's really good to kind of... Be back in the flow of things. Um, So much more to come in the next couple of weeks. Yes. Um, Yeah. So thank you for following us on this journey. Thank you. And yeah, I think we're going to put this episode to a close. Yeah. So thank you so much for listening. Um, Please don't forget to like and comment and share. And subscribe. subscribe. This is on YouTube. Even if it's on, you know, wherever you get your podcast, make sure you follow, (laughs) subscribe. Um, and please, please comment so we know what deep stories you want to listen to next, what you want us to do for minisodes, and most importantly, if you've enjoyed the episode. Yes, and follow us on all our other social media channels. Yeah. YouTube, Pinterest, Instagram. TikTok. <laughs> TikTok. <laughs> Damn, we're doing a lot and we want to bring you along in this journey. Yeah. Um, so yeah, thank so you very much. So explore the world of African mythology with us, and we have been Adra and Solomon, Solomon and Adra, and um, peace out. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> have a good night. <laughs>